It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SCNZ. Talk the opinions, the panel. Yes, the panel this morning consists of uh, Mark Watson, the one and only, and uh, Jeff McTainch, of course, of Sky Sport fame, commentator, uh, analyst, etc. as well. Uh, so this uh, next 15 minutes or so is going to be really cool. I'll start with you, Mark Watson, uh, if I can. What was your gut feeling and your reaction when you heard that Brendan McCullum would be the England Test coach for the next four years? Game-changing. I, I think it's a great um, initiative from English cricket. I think it's good that they move away from that sort of conservative approach. Um, look, I was just reading the article on Michael Vaughan, who has a few reservations, um, says that, look, possibly Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes are too similar. Uh, I think he, he, he says the perception of Brendan is that he's attacking flamboyant risky. Um, he's a gambler and a bit of a lad. Um and pretty much that's sort of almost the same impression that goes with Ben Stokes. But I, I think that's a little bit unfair. I think that might have been Brendan McCullum at various points throughout his cricketing career. But I think Brendan McCullum at 40 years of age, I think, is a lot more measured than that. Um, look, I, I think English cricket does need to take a few risks. I think they've got to adopt a more of attacking-type style. I think you can play conservatively when you've got um, world-class players. Um, but sometimes you've got to think outside of the square, write the book that everybody else ends up reading. Um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Brendan McCullum in his early days as a cricketer, you know, I, I thought he was sort of, you know, one of those sort of all the talent, very little application, but you know, clearly that turning point in South Africa and um, yeah, I think we should be really, really worried. I, I mean, the key focus for him will clearly be the Ashes uh, next time they return to Australia, what, about another three years' time? And, and yeah, if I'm Australia, I'd be worried too. I, I think it's a wonderful uh, initiative. Yeah, actually, Mark, their, their first uh, Ashes go is at home um, this time next year. That's the big series at home this yeah, time yeah, next year. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I, he's, but he's got about... But I think, yeah. I think I think winning in England, uh, winning in Australia for England is sort of yeah. the holy grail, yeah. that Olympic gold medal, isn't it? I mean, winning at home is one thing, but winning in Australia, which they just haven't managed to do, you know, if McCullum could yeah. do that, I mean, they'll build statues of the man, won't they? Yeah, they will. They will absolutely will. Uh, they'll kick over the one of WG Grace and they'll, they'll rename it the McCullum Gates uh, as you head into Lords. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you right here and now, though, Jeff McTainch, he's got a challenge because... Um, and I spoke to Brendan and texted him uh, over the last couple of days. His first priority is finding uh, an opening combination and a number three because in cricket, of course, the currency is runs. If you don't get runs at the top of the order, not much happens in your favour. Uh, what was your reaction, Jeff? Yeah, I agree with, with Mark. Uh, I, I think England cricket need to do something bold. You know, Rob Key had options. Uh, he could have gone with Gary Kirsten, proven experience in that arena, having obviously led India and uh, South Africa to world number one rankings. Uh, Simon Kadich was also uh, a, a name mentioned uh, as well. Mark Rambrakash, I, I think he was also a little bit on the fence. Maybe it was too much of a bold call. A guy who'd never coached first-class cricket, obviously coaching in the IPL with, 
with Kolkata. But uh, Jim Maxwell saw his comments coming out saying potentially this could be the best thing that's happened to uh, to England cricket. Uh, I mean, sort of, um, you know, Mark was alluding to it as well, that, uh, you know, Brendan, as a player, as you would have seen, Smithy, of course, too, over the years, his game did change. You know, he he had, uh, I guess, more of a temperament for batting time. We saw that, obviously, when he became the first New Zealander to score 300 runs. So the guy does have, I think, that natural attacking flair inside him. Uh, and I think, you know, with the resignation of Joe Root as well and the change, bringing those two guys together, uh, a fresh captain, a fresh coach, I think it will be great for England cricket, you know, and and um, I think too that the thing Brendan has got on his side is that he recently played, um, you know, very recently. So a lot of the players have played with him. They know him. Um, they know what he's about. And um, I think he's such a tactician. Um, but you're right, he's got a heck of a job ahead of him. Um, and what a narrative to have the Black Caps uh, over there uh, in in a, in a month or so's time, and then obviously that rescheduled test against India then. The South Africans come, so he's got a lot of work to do. But you know him well, Smithy. I think too, having likes of uh, of Mike Hesson, someone like that to lean on, um, you know, who who did things differently and got New Zealand cricket to a different place with with McCallum in charge. I think he'll lean on those relationships, those partnerships a lot uh, as he takes on this challenge. But no, I think it's exciting, and uh, and I can't wait to see how they go uh, against New Zealand. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of the most watched series. Yes, yes, Mark. Yes, Mark. Go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry for interrupting. Just, just one more thing. I mean, Brendan McCullum sort of reminds me a little bit like sort of um, Stephen Gerrard, who's finished his football career now coaching Aston Villa. He's just a guy who has a personality persona. Players just don't want to let him down. They just do not want to disappoint. They want to lift to the highest standards. They want to impress him. And I think Brendan McCullum brings that aura. And I think that's something that you know might. You know, people might underestimate in terms of what he does bring to the table. And just before we do move on, I just want to say to Jeff, because I've never spoken with you, Jeff, I think your rugby commentary is fantastic, mate. I, I think you're doing a stunning job, mate. Well done. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yes. Yep. Well, I worked with him last week, too, and he did do a fine job uh, on the Chiefs against the Brumbies. We'll come to that in a, a, a short space of time, in fact, um, Jeff McTainch, but. Um, Mark Watson, uh, yesterday's staff, he had Eliza McCartney on his show. It seems she's uh, looking at uh, having another crack. She wants uh, to go back and, and uh, uh, get to those Olympics, and uh, she's eyeing a return in December. Great news. Yeah, oh, look, wonderful. I mean, just brilliant. I mean, what she did in 2016, she was the darling of those Olympic Games, and suddenly you go to track and field meets around the country and everybody's getting involved in pole vault, which is just fantastic, not dissimilar to suddenly everybody getting involved in shot put. Um, and you sort of, there was a point there you're wondering whether, you know, when you look back on her career, that her finest moment might have been 2016. All sorts of problems with her Achilles tendons, but it was interesting to see that what she's just actually done is rather than so much more medical treatment, it's actually just about changing her biomechanics, strengthening certain parts, of her body, changing her gait, changing the way she runs, and that has made a huge difference for her. And, um, yeah, look, you know, she's got time now between, yeah, clearly Commonwealth Games is not in her thinking, but 2024 Paris, look, to win a medal, she's got to be jumping sort of 4 metres 80, and you can win the gold medal at 4 metres 80. It was 4 metres 80 that she jumped in 2016, and, oh, look, it's just great, isn't it? It's great for women's sport, it's great for track and field, and... um, yeah, look, well done to her, because I can't imagine just how tough the last three or four years have been in regards to going from those dizzy heights 
to suddenly thinking, man, will I ever, will I ever be able to uh, compete again? So, look, well done to her, and um, good to see that Matt Dallow's on board, um, well-known in track and field circles. And, um, yeah, look, a, a fresh coach, fresh change. We should be excited. I am excited. I absolutely do. I think she's great for the sport, uh, a great face for athletics as well, and um, it's, it certainly needs it uh, from time to time. There's no doubt about that. 10.30 here on SENZ. We're going to go to a short uh, news break with uh, Araha, and then, uh, of course, we'll come back with uh, Mark Watson, Jeff McTainch uh, on what we've got coming up uh, this weekend with rugby and rugby league as well. Here's uh, Araha with a uh, sorry, 10.30 update. Big Opinions, the panel. Ten thirty-two. We are with uh, Mark Watson and Jeff McTainch on the panel this morning. And uh, Jeff McTainch, uh, you called the Chiefs uh, against the Brumbies last weekend. I don't know about you. I uh, didn't see you after the game, but I did leave the ground mightily impressed with the Brumbies. And that clash this weekend with the Crusaders looms as a classic. Yeah, I was very impressed, mate. They've uh, certainly turned a corner, haven't they, with with Dan McKellar in, in recent weeks? You know, they came to Hamilton and and beat the Chiefs up, and it doesn't happen very often, uh, particularly with the personnel that, uh, that Clayton McMillan had on the park. I think, as you would have seen, I think they kicked really well. Nick White had a good game plan, put them under a lot of high ball pressure. Uh, they came through, they arrived in numbers at the ruck, they cleaned well, uh, they defended brilliantly. You would have seen the stats too. I think it was more than two to one in terms of the tackle count. Um, you know, so it was defence that won them that game. Um, but as we've seen, they've got those threats out wide, the likes of of, of the two Toms and Wright and Banks and, and uh, a powerful midfield. thing this week, though, against the Crusaders, I mean, a couple of things against them. Personnel-wise, this week, no Rob Bellatini, no Noah Lolisio uh, ruled out during the week. It's a massive blow for them, uh, losing their first five-eighths and, and their real enforcer on the, on the blind side. So you take that into account. You take into the fact that Leon McDonald was in the Crusaders the last time the Brumbies beat the Crusaders. So 2009, you have to wind the clock that far back. Um, but look, back in, back in Canberra, they know if they can uh, put in a good performance uh, and, and get the win um, against a, a Crusaders side that has been championship quality the last few years, obviously, that they'll be right there to, to, to try and take that top spot off of the Blues going in the playoffs. The boost for the Crusaders, I suppose, you would say, is the return of Scott Barrett in the second row with Sam Whitelock. So um, the Crusaders, the Brumbies lose an enforcer in Valentini. The Crusaders get one back in in Scott Barrett. Um, it's going to be a fascinating contest, uh, and I just wonder whether the absence of someone like Valentini, who carried so well in Hamilton, mm. uh, could be a potential could be a potential blow for for the Brumbies in, in the outcome. Um, we're talking to uh, Mark Watson, Jeff McTainch uh, this morning. Um, uh, Mark Watson. Uh, what are you looking forward to in terms of uh, rugby this weekend, uh, if indeed you are? Oh, no, look, I am. No, thoroughly. Look, I'm looking forward to this Crusaders game. I mean, I'm just trying to remember the last time the Crusaders went into a super rugby game as arguably the underdogs, and I think they do go in as the underdogs. Um, interesting to see that um, Flanganuku is, uh, is on the bench because clearly they are aware of the kicking game of Nick um, White, and you know they do want to have George Bridge and Sevi Reese and those guys that are good underneath the high ball. Um, but, you know, I think we find out tonight, um, or we find out this weekend, whether the Crusaders, you know, have um, passed their peak and if, in fact, they are in decline or if they can go out there and 
uh, make a statement uh, against the Brumbies team who, you know, uh, and like a lot of the Australian teams, have been a lot more uh, physical. Uh, I mean, clearly, you know, I, I do like to see the Blues also um, play well. It'd be nice if they can back up that performance last week against the Rebels. Mm. They can do it against the Reds tomorrow night at Eden Park and just really well and truly secure themselves that top spot because I think if they do end up making the top spot and they do get the home advantage, I, I think they'll be... You know, I, I think they'll go, and it's clear favourites for taking out the Super Rugby competition. Oh, I can't see the, even the Brumbies beating the Blues at Eden Park. It's uh, 2022, as we all know, and it's been announced, uh, Mark Watson, that USA will host the Rugby World Cup for men in 2031 and the Women's Rugby World Cup in 2033 in that bid, and we hear it all the time, to globalise the game. Um, I would imagine the money's there, but what about the following? Yeah, they're going to have to be really, really smart on where they... Um, strategically put these games. I mean, places like Colorado have a really big club rugby following. Um, there are certain pockets in America where the game is much, much stronger. Um, so they're going to need to be strategic in it. But look, I still think, though, when you put World Cup around things, there's always going to be that novelty factor. And so I think with the population, I think they will get the crowds. I mean, people were hesitant when Japan was announced as the Rugby World Cup. Um, when they hosted it, and I think they did that really, really well. But look, I, I think we do need to take the game globally. I mean, that's one thing that you go back to 1987, it's still only really the same five or six teams that can win it um, every four years. And, yeah, I think I, 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 I think it's a really good, bold move. I think it's exciting, and I think it's just fresh. And, you know, I think rugby just needs to constantly refresh itself. So, look, I'm all for it. Chicago Field calling a World Cup final with involving the All Blacks uh, for you, Jeff McTainch. It's a it's a mouth watering <laughs> prospect, I, I would imagine. It, it seems yeah. a long way off, but uh, you know, but it, it, in effect, it probably isn't really. Uh, we'll be looking at a new generation of All Blacks by then, of course, uh, well and truly. But <clears throat> it is a market that perhaps um, needs to be explored, and this is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Mark. I think um, you know, since 1987, perhaps the, the power brokers. Uh, and World Rugby uh, have, have probably played it a fairly straight bat to, to where to host uh, competitions around uh, potentially the big three um, and, and the northern hem- and the southern hemisphere and the northern hemisphere. Um, you know, but they went to Asia in 2019. We found out that that was a success. Japan made it to the quarterfinals against South Africa. They went through pool play unbeaten. They defeated Ireland. Um, you know, so that's going to be a really important part too with this with this uh, announcement is that investment. I think. USA Rugby a couple of years ago were, uh, had a handout. They were, they were, I think, filed for bankruptcy. So um, it, it's a big turnaround to be given the opportunity to host the Rugby World Cup. I think it's going to cost them half a billion dollars uh, for, for the pair of those tournaments. Uh, but as I say, investment has to happen so that this, uh, this USA team can get buy-in from the general public. I agree with Mark. I think there's a massive novelty factor. And if anywhere um, there is a novelty factor in the world around sport, it's got to be the USA. So, I mean, they've got... NFL stadiums that hold 100,000 plus people. Um, you can imagine those full for a Rugby World Cup. It would be an absolute spectacle. Um, I think if you cast your mind back to the 2018 Rugby World Cup Sevens, which they had in San Francisco, that got plenty of interest. I think they had over 100,000 people through the gate across three days, and NBC's ratings were very good too. So, um, no, that's uh, it's, it's good for the game. Got to get it to North America. Got to expand the horizons of World Rugby. We're seeing it domestically here with, with the Silver Lake deal. World Rugby now need to look at it and go, OK, how can we grow our game? How can we uh, get new invest- investment on board so that um, we ensure its longevity? 
You reckon Silver Lake's going to go ahead, Jeff? Uh, that vote's coming up very shortly. I think it will. I was reading the, the latest Rugby News magazine the other day and had a, had a good read of the article in there, and, and I, I feel like uh, they've got buy-in from both the, uh, the Players Association now and the PUs. A bit of a sticking point around the unions in terms of what it's going to look like. I know they changed the, um, you know, the revenue structure and, and, um, and, and the share take that, um, that Silver Lake uh, uh, got in, uh, in New Zealand rugby. So it's just, it's just around how it flows down to the grassroots. I think it's important that they're going through the process and, and making sure that everyone's looked after. It's not rushed because it's legacy and it's, um, it's very important that all parties get it right. Uh, Mark Watson, here's uh, an interesting one. We've never heard this before. Uh, Warriors owner Mark Robinson pleads for fans to be patient and insist there's still a good chance to make the NRL playoffs. Wow, there, there's there's a new statement. Yeah, 27 years, I think we've been patient, isn't it? Oh, look, it's just, look, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Oh, I, I said a few weeks ago, look, you, you, you just can't put back in what God left out. And um, as I've said, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> When it, when it comes to talent identification, you, you, you know, when you go to below the NRL, you know, rugby leagues from the shoulders down. When you get to the NRL level, it's, the, it's above the shoulders, which what counts. And, you know, when it comes to redefining talent, we've got to actually start looking. You know, we, we've got to stop just looking at the physicality of a player. We've actually got to start looking at the mental attributes. But we actually need to go out there. As I've said to this before, you know, get people outside of rugby league to come in here and, you know, do some due diligence on this organisation. Successful business people, successful corporates, athletes from other sports that have done well, and just start, just start afresh, and just, yeah, just, just you know, stop going to rugby league to solve rugby league problems. Um, it's boy, it's frustrating. Hey, hey, look, I'm not sure how much time we've got. I just want to congratulate you and your Spurs team on beating Arsenal this morning three nil. Um, but okay. also, you didn't do me any favours last week with that one or draw smithy so I'm not quite sure where you fit with me today in terms of your likability but you're well done this morning <laughs> Yeah well I, I, I'll take that um, I'll take that as a compliment <laughs> actually uh, Mark and um, sorry we let you down a little bit last week but um, we're pretty happy about that in fact you know how do you see how do you see how do you actually see um, the, the four Pete now the, the, the possibility of the the, you know, the four-pronged attack. Well, I, I, I see I see Liverpool winning, hopefully, the FA Cup on Saturday. Um, right. Beating Southampton next week. And I see Manchester City drawing with, um, drawing with West Ham um, oh. in this weekend's clash. And then I see them drawing or losing to Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa on the final day, handing... Handing the EPL to Liverpool on the final day. How's that sound? And, and your no, mob sounds, making the top good. four and Champions League next year. Yeah, my mob, my mob. That's an incredible uh, thing to say about it. such a talented bunch of individuals <laughs> as Tottenham Hotspur are. Um, honestly, uh, I, I'm not sure I've ever heard so much optimism come from uh, Mark Watson before Jeff McTainch. Uh, what are you looking? What's your highlight yeah. of the weekend? Oh, look, mate, it's got to be Super Rugby. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the, the Crusaders go against the Brumbies. It's going to be one hell of a game. And as uh, what I alluded to before, look, it's not, um, it's not often a Crusaders team heads into a game of footy as the underdogs. And I'd love to see the, the TAB odds. Haven't had a look yet, but I'd say, I'd say they are uh, at, at the bookmakers. So certainly looking forward to that and, uh, and the rest of the games over the weekend uh, as well. Cool, Jeff. Uh, we've got a, a text coming. Uh, we probably haven't got time to um, 
answer this from your point of view, Mark Watson, but we will next time. So mark this down. We're going to ask you about the efforts uh, at the moment of Matt Kerr, Kyle Smith and Braden Curry. So uh, mark that down. And I also want you to uh, look at um, uh, next time also – um, I, I love track and field. Absolutely love track and field. It's it's my bread and butter at the Olympics. So I want you to um, perhaps consider some of our best prospects coming up for these Commonwealth Games because uh, some of our athletes have behind the scenes been making quite a mark in terms of their times and performance. So if you can do that for us, Mark, that's uh, you and I next time around. Uh, thanks very much for being on the panel this time. Uh, Jeff McTainch, have a great weekend. Have a great call wherever you are. And we will see you around the traps very shortly. Great weekend, fellas, and thank you for your time this morning. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.